everybody, and welcome to Ya, We Read It. Uh, this is the podcast where we are best friends and we are reading young adult books, except this season's different. We're reading, we're reading an adult book. But before we get too ahead of ourselves, my name's Laura and I'm one of the hosts. And my name is Maggie and I'm the other host. And that's right. We're reading an adult book. Um, you've already maybe listened to the first episode of You. Mm. And this one, Hidden Bodies, is the second book, otherwise known as Hidden Baddies, Ooh, hell yeah, cute. Thank you, thank you. And, you know, it mirrors a lot of the Netflix season two, uh, it, it solely in characters, but the rest of the plot is completely different. Yeah, yeah, this feels like, while the first book is very, like, feels very correct in what the first season was, book two feels like it only has, like, touch points of what happened in season two of the actual show. Um, so if you all have watched the show, get ready for some different plot points is all I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, not to completely do a film book analysis, but I don't, I mean, there might be a market. I'm sure there's a market for the books. It's just, it's very interesting mm-hmm. to have watched the show first and then be reading the books now because yeah. I think the show has done a pretty good job giving Joe empathy as best a character like this can be every single season and giving him a redemption arc in the ways that it tries but in these books he is insane oh yeah joe is awful and i do think it's an interesting choice to make like joe more empathetic in the show because it's like it's weird for us to want to root for somebody who does murder people for no reason (laughs) um so that's an interesting discourse but yeah in this in the books he is so insane he's uh, so twisted and sick and fixated and obsessed with things and Mm -hmm. he's a really interesting character to read but he's also terrifying you know caroline does a really good job balancing narrative where he loves a character and then it switches to hate so fast yeah i actually really emotions yeah Yeah, no yeah this book because it's so interesting because it's like I did not like the first book I don't know what was in the air or what because I I had I'm singing a different tune I loved the second book I had the best time I was just guzzling it down um so but it's interesting just like in a week it was like 400 pages too yeah oh yeah um because I was like not only do I have to finish this for the podcast but I was like oh my god I actually want to read this because like the first book I was like oh come on Uh, but especially I think the first book dragged a lot because it was like trying to build up his like obsession with Beck and I think she spent too long on that Mm -hmm. Uh, but this book it just felt like she hit the ground running in the best possible way and just leaned into how insane all of it is Mm -hmm. and just ran and I I'm I love Caroline Kepnes for doing that so if you don't remember where we left off with you joe had just murdered beck and he had employed and subsequently started dating this woman named coincidentally amy adams and we pick up right where that leaves off where he is dating amy he's in love with her she works at the bookstore with him and this girl is offline She's cool. She's yeah, offline. it's been a few months. He's buying her flowers. He loves that she's offline. But Amy has one thing that he doesn't like, and that's that she always wants to see these rare books that are in the basement of the bookstore. And Joe just doesn't want to have to deal with that because that only are like the books, you know, valuable. But that's where his book cage is. You but, know, that's like, yeah. 
she does nestle her little way into his heart. She's cool. Yeah. She's bookwormish. So he ends up giving her a key because they've been dating for a while. And she's like, I just care about the books. And they're moving fast. And yeah. Joe is so happy. He's so he's on the over the moon about it. But there's only one problem in Joe's life right now. And that is that he has left the jar of piss at Peach's house in Little Compton, Rhode Island after killing her. And the second problem he has in his life is that Amy doesn't shave her legs enough for his liking. So let's not forget that Joe is um, just a very grotesque boy. <laughs> I forgot about that. He was like so excited the one time she shaved her pussy. For yeah, she was like, he was like, oh, she does care because she shaved. And I was like, buddy, fuck you. She shaved her pussy for the exact reason that they are going upstate for a vacation and they've rented, rented a red Corvette and they're driving when they're pulled over by the police and Joe is freaking out. Yeah, the, the, the obvious choice that he chose to take their vacation to Lil Compton where the piss mug is kind of is like a two for one. Like, great, they get a bone and have sex. But maybe if he stumbles across the piss mug, he can head back. I really don't know what his plan was here because I think it was also a holiday. It was like a Labor Day weekend. So it's like, yeah. Joe, they're all going to be there. At a Joe's just not good at house. planning vacations, which is weird because he's so good at planning everything else. <laughs> yes. And Joe is also not a sleuth because after they get pulled over and they go away from the police, Joe is sitting after, and they're getting lemonade and Amy gets up to go to the bathroom. And Joe is like, I'm going to check her phone. And Bad Joe. Bad Joe. Um, and it's just he after he, he's just opened up to her too about like Beck and, um, you know, it's just like, like gaining her trust slowly with these intimate moments. Um, and when yeah. he comes, when she comes back from the bathroom, um, he saves face. He does a pretty good job of being like, no, I mean, I'm, I'm so sorry. It's just so hard to trust after Beck cheated on me with the therapist who killed her. Because he says that the therapist killed her, too, to Amy, which is bold. Yeah, yeah. Joe is very quick on his feet. Um, their hotel also overlooks the Salinger house where the piss mug is left. So it's kind of just, like, taunting him on the horizon, which I thought was hilarious. Um, oh, and their first, like, day of vacation, they go to the beach that's right by this house. Mm -hmm. um, and, again, this entire vacation is him just, like, having sex and thinking about the piss mug. Um and then he also makes a comment how they're playing in the ocean where like Peach's body was disposed of. And I'm like, why are we commenting this on right now, Joe? We got to just enjoy the time with our girlfriend. Enjoy your Labor Day. Like you only get one of these every now and then. Yeah. So they're, you know, on Salinger's private beach. Guy gets mad, confronts them. Nothing really happens. And later that night they go to dinner. They meet a group of people whose names we do not know nor care to know. Not and they take on fake roles and eventually scam them into ordering a ton of food and running. And really, this this vacation couldn't get better with a significant other. You're scamming strangers. You're fucking all the time. That's it. Joe does call her a seal because of them fucking all the time and how loud she is, which I was like, I don't know if that's a compliment, but that sounds real mean, Joe. I don't think I'd want to be compared to a I seal. I don't think I'd want to be compared to a seal either. But anyway, their vacation ends. They head back to the city. And uh -oh, when Joe gets back to the bookstore one day, the store has been robbed. And we learn 
and it's only page 30 this is a huge plot development amy's been using him and she has stolen a bunch of rare books uh and he ends up like finding her search history on the computer uh and all of this and he is so livid that he vows to kill her and he has to go to la to do it because that's where she's at right now according to her searches Yep, because she stole acting books, which is so fucking funny. She sold $23,000 worth of books. Um, so, you know, That's fuck, impressive. Go, Amy. Fuck a canceled character. Let's do an unsung icon of Amy. Uh, Amy, we're, we approve. It only sucks that you're, you're probably going to die now because Joe's mad. But we love your action here. Uh, he tells Mr. Mooney, he says, goodbye, I'm going to LA. And Mr. Mooney gives him some sage advice, which is, get your dick sucked. <laughs> What a sweet And he goodbye. also gives Joe some money, which was really nice. What a sweet goodbye from a man who locked him in the basement cage as a kid. Aww, yeah, it made him parentless. Um, Joe, yeah. now on the flight, Joe has the most productive four-hour flight from New York to LA that I think anybody could possibly have. He yeah. joins Facebook, adds a bunch of people on it, joins the UCB uh, class. For those of you who don't know, that's Upright Citizens Brigade. It's an improv theater that Amy's going to be attending. I love the Joe's guy- plot doing improv. That's right? So I know. He meets uh, he meets this guy, Calvin, from his class who works at a bookstore, lines up a job there, and then he also ends up lining up an apartment with this guy named Harvey. Uh, so it's a whole thing. Like, he's he's got every... He's got the who, what, where figured out, basically. Yeah, it took me a, a minute to figure out that he was getting an apartment, uh, making social media, and joining a UCB class all in the air. And then he lands and yeah. gets in a taxi and just goes to his new apartment. Yeah, like all I'm doing on a flight is playing is playing Stardew Valley or Animal Crossing, and then maybe watching Detective Pikachu. You know, that's my four hour flight from New York to LA. Yeah, I think mine is like reading a half, no, not half. Oh my God. Reading a bit of a book, having a panic attack that I'm not doing enough with my life, trying to take a Benadryl to sleep, and then maybe I'm there by the time I get there. It's a real, up. it's a real hoozy doozy. I love it. It's so, a, it's a, it's a, it's a roller coaster. Thank you. So he gets to his new apartment building and Harvey, the landlord, shows him this room. Harvey's an older guy trying to make it in stand up. You gotta love the tenacity of the Gen X generation um the previous tenant who left she left all her stuff there because she had a coke problem god bless and her parents took her home and a neighbor before joe gets settled gives him some advice to don't fuck delilah and who does he meet immediately delilah yeah she's an undercover which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, she's got all the tea, which is like great for her. Um, yeah. Joe also ends up going to this fancy grocery store nearby called the Pantry, um, and it's it's like uh, almost like a like a quirkier Whole Foods is like the best way to describe it because they have like fun little section titles and things like that. Lots of celebrities go there. He ends up talking to this clerk who has seen Amy buying her blueberries because I don't think we said this. Amy's obsessed with blueberries for the antioxidants or whatever the reason. Um, and so Joe's making some headway. He's like, great, touchdown. I'm going to go find Amy. Um, but immediately after this, he finds out that Amy has dropped out of his improv class. No. Um, and she's been banned from a nearby restaurant called Birds. So it's like he took 10 steps forward and also 10 steps back. What are you going to do? I'm sorry, but Amy is such a scammer and, like, clearly needs the money. Why would you spend $450 on a UCB class and then just drop it? 
And what's hard is that like Joe doesn't even go to the UCB class that he signed up for as well. This is privilege. And it, he's, he's giving- such a good, he's so quick on his think- feet. I think he would really enjoy improv. I think he'd be really good at improv. Also, it's giving like rich parent the fact that they will not go to their improv classes. Right. So he comes home, he goes to the bar after um, the grocery store. He sees a photo of Amy shoplifting, like window of shame. She stole booze. And she is proving elusive. She He is very upset. He has been stockpiling Percocet from his neighbor in case she shows up so he can drug her. And he's just hating LA, which Relatable. seems to be <laughs> the case for most of our friends. Yeah, uh, he hates LA. Most relatable thing that Joe has ever thought or felt. Uh, I had a great time with you in LA. I will well, say. Well, that's because, like, Maggie, we partied and had fun, but we couldn't live in LA. Joe isn't there to party. He's there to live. That's the difference. I think if Joe went on a Vanderpump bar crawl, it might cure his depression. Honestly, now's a great time to be going on a Vanderpump bar crawl. I would love to just, like, just be around people who are all obsessed with the scandal. They've probably discounted their food and drinks, too. I mean, maybe. For, Should we go to think? LA? What? <laughs> Probably. Probably. Um, so anyway, so he downloads Tinder enough. and he's going to go on a date with Gwen. Um, and he ends up having a fine time. Gwen sucks. He gets his dick sucked like he promised Mr. Mooney he would. Uh, but in this uh, a fact that he's doing this, he ends up missing Amy coming by the bookstore. Um, and, uh, I think she's always trying to sell like poor toys complaint. Um, yep. and Calvin's like, don't worry, dude, I got you. And Joe comes to the bookstore and finds out that it's just a script of the movie. And mm-hmm. Joe's pissed at Calvin, but he's like, okay, but then there's still a chance she'll come by. Cause it was just a script, not the actual book. Also, how is it so easy for Joe to get a bookstore job everywhere he goes? I feel like you have to wait for someone to die to get a bookstore job. Maybe it's so he has hard. many years of experience. I mean, he's been working in it since he was eight. So. Yeah, I guess that's true. One time I applied for Barnes and Noble and they said that I didn't qualify, even though I had a journalism and English degree and five years in retail. And it it probably was the meanest job rejection I've ever gotten. I mean, Maggie, you have to remember that most of those job rejections are just like auto completed. You know, they're not actually like doing much with them. They're just like sending out a pre-configured message sigh i guess but joe is thriving in his bookstore position that i will never get because calvin tells him that henderson this show with a comedian who's a complete narcissist henderson is played by that really bad comedian that everyone hates chris delia yeah we don't need this yeah fuck him we don't need to talk about him (laughs) in the show and he's kind of the same character in this book henderson's throwing a party um and uh, Joe sees a little clip of Henderson talking and all he's talking about is his new girlfriend who's obsessed with blueberries and Joe pieces together that Amy and Henderson are fucking so Joe's like I gotta go to this party and luckily Delilah she's got the hookup she knows the password to get in and Joe's immediately at Home Depot stocking up for his murder um, which is just a hilarious paragraph of him being like bleach rope zip ties um so he gets to the party and uh, not good news. Amy is not there. Henderson says some bullshit lie about how she's like upstate with like her, his mom or something. Yeah. Um, and Henderson ends up doing a stand up set and he jokes about how his girlfriend was talking about how bad his, or her ex was at sex. And now Joe is pissed. 
Because even though his name wasn't explicitly stated in this stand-up set, he knows that it's about him. And that the fact that Amy would ever say that he's bad at sex is enough to kill her. Joe cannot take constructive criticism. Um, So Joe decides to redirect all of his energy of wanting to kill Amy towards Henderson. He grinds on some Percocets for Henderson upstairs in his room. And while he is up there snooping, finds a box of photos of his ex-wife. And he's like, I got a plan. So Henderson falls asleep and Joe is like, you know, I, I got to know about the sex, Henderson, before I kill you. I got to know what did she say about the sex? And Henderson was like, you know what? I made up the whole fact that we're dating. Like, we didn't even sleep together. Actually, she admitted that you were the best sex she's ever had. So, so Joe's yeah. feeling pretty good. He's still going to kill him. Yeah. Though. Henderson caught in a freaking lie. He does find Amy's number in his phone. Uh, so he calls it from Henderson's phone and it's dead again. So Amy once again offline. Uh, and then he ends up killing Henderson with like an overdose of Percocet water. Yep. He suffocates and then in he, a bag. Yeah. And then he steals um, headphones and two t-shirts with tags still on them. <laughs> I like to imagine that these t-shirts are like the Harley Davidson t-shirts and maybe he got like a jean hat that was bejeweled too on his way oh, out. Oh, perfect. So he's wearing his bejeweled jean hat and his Harley Davidson t-shirts and he, oh, Eddie Bauer. That was the other brand I was thinking of. So he's in Eddie Bauer and Harley Davidson. He gets far enough away from Henderson's house, but a police car does a little wee-woo-wee-woo, pulls up. Wee-woo-wee-woo. The gun is trained on him and the guy is being an asshole and he gives him a ticket for jaywalking. Yeah, this officer sucks. And then he steals his headphones, which is like, honestly, fair, Joe, that's karma. You stole headphones. They're gotta get, they got to get stolen from you. Yeah, he, Joe eventually gets home. He's like, Ooh, that was a close one. As Delilah bursts in crying and she is like, take me to my room, uh, doing a real romance novel. Yeah, very soap opera. Thing. And he pretty begrudgingly fucks Delilah. He's yeah, and then after, yeah, and then afterwards he agrees to meet her mom because, of course, Delilah comes off too strong and like won't let him get out of that. So, ooh, not great. But um, the next day, Joe finds a casting call that's at Soho House, um, and he knows that Amy is going to be there because it's exactly the type of description uh, that they're casting for. Is describes Amy, it's just like a blonde girl. Uh, mm-hmm. So he goes there and he's he's venturing around and he ends up seeing a girl um, watching the auditions in a chair. She's bundled up. She's got her headphones in, and he recognizes her from his date with Gwen earlier in the book. It was like this girl he thought was super pretty. Um, so side mission now uh mm-hmm. screw the whole amy bit let's just talk to this girl and he ends up just like watching the, like, the auditions with her they end up like getting along real well they start making out it's a whole thing she has pink hair and it's love you guys probably guessed it she's the boss mm-hmm. of the shoot they're having great banter back and forth um after they are done making out she's like you gotta come meet my brother 40 he wrote this movie i'm directing it and Forty likes Joe immediately because he's like, Joe, you're funny. Um, and also Joe doesn't know who they are. And Forty's like, you don't know who we are. Our parents own the pantry grocery store. Okay. Wow. You are yeah, so Yeah. And we also, we find out that love makes the pantry playlists and Joe loves the pantry playlist. So they're a match made in heaven. 
Um, We also learn a little bit more about Love's backstory, that she's been married twice and her second husband died and that she's 35. uh, And that makes her the oldest girl that Joe has ever been involved with because he's 30. And then we also learn that Love has her own little 9-11 story for them to bond over. Um, Love um, tributes 9-11 with helping her get out of law school and making her realize that she didn't want to be a lawyer. Um, So that's a whole thing. Yes. She's like, is that bad? I don't know. And he's like, yes, but also thinking about her nipples the entire time she's saying that. <laughs> as you Wouldn't do. we all? Wouldn't we all? I mean, she's got pink hair. Also, I'm pretty sure he describes her as like candy tits at some point. Yeah. Whatever. I'm pretty sure he does that at least three times in this book, but who am I she's to a, She's a Malibu Barbie. She grew up mostly in Malibu, drives a Tesla. Oh, damn, that really sucks. She drives a Tesla. Boo. And they're going to Chateau, a country club, with her parents already. They're just going to dinner with her parents. Yeah, It's her dad's birthday. Yeah, Ray and Dottie. Yeah. And And they love Joe immediately. They're like, this guy's cool. We also meet, um, we also meet Barry and Milo, who are family friends. I don't remember how Barry and Milo are related, but we do learn that Milo's also in The Biz, um, in his short film that's about his brother murdering his dad when he was younger is like is getting like rave reviews. So Milo's pretentious is what we learn essentially. I think that Barry is a his, uh well Milo's a TV producer and I think that Milo is his cousin or his nephew is what I got. That from makes it. sense. So Joe is doing pretty good entertaining people. He's kind of jealous of Milo because he can sense that Milo and Love have a bit of energy, and as Joe mm-hmm. is kind of sitting there. He gets a note from a waiter that says, Joe Goldberg, sweet 79, now. Ooh, la, la. Ooh, and he's so he goes up to the room that, you know, is sweet 79. And Love and Joe are going to do a little role play. And she's like, I didn't order any food. And Joe's like, yeah, Love, you left me a note. And she's like, no, Joe. I didn't order any food. And he's like, oh, okay. So they're doing this whole thing. And Love has put thousands of dollars of champagne into a bath in this suite 25,000 is pissed he's pissed that there's this much champagne in a bathtub he's like drain it and she is like it is $25,000 and he goes drain it now and he's so mad because he's like I don't want her to remind me her status above me because you know he has a problem with powder power he does not want to be servile in any way and so instead they do a kind of Simon says thing where Joe instructs her instructs her on what to do and they fuck that way and it's it's pretty hot he like sprays diet coke on her but he's trying too hard to get a blowy and she's like whoa 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 no head no blowy times yeah love is strictly no head um and that is very adamant there's two things that love is it's no head and new underwear every day um but now that like joe can't have it he really really wants oral from love and we and she does just like drop the bomb that her mom also doesn't do oral and so her dad goes and gets happy ending massages like twice a week or something like that um and then they just kind of dismiss that and then they fuck like the entire day yep they get sucked and fucked noral that's my word for no oral and they watch movies all day they're swimming he turns his phone on though and he sees a ton of texts, a lot from Delilah, because she's yeah. upset. I don't know if you remember that he agreed to go to lunch with her mom. 
Yikes. And one from Calvin, his coworker at the bookstore, on how Amy did actually come to sell books. She's there right now. So yeah, he runs. and this was from 18 minutes ago. Yep. He's on his way running there. Calvin reveals when he gets there, he, he kind of sees Amy in the window and Amy's trying to sell the books, but she notices Joe and scrams and Joe's mad and gets in there and he's like, Calvin, I need Amy's address from improv class. And Calvin is like, I can't do that. That's there's no way. Yeah, he so, says it's property of his improv group and he doesn't want to breach her trust. <laughs> I wonder what their improv group name was. I guess we'll never um, know. I guess we'll never know. Uh, so Joe um, knocks him out with Xanax and gets her address anyways. Yeah, he drugs him. That's insane. I mean, he's got a fuckload of Percocets that he's been buying. from. Right? He's got to do something with all of these drugs that he has. What else? Are you just going to hold on to them? I guess. I don't know. I mean, I guess. But so Joe finds the address. He goes, breaks in, ends up going into a room, ends up being like, great, she's probably in here. Um, And then he like lifts up the covers of the like that's on this bed. And it's not Amy. It's some random girl who is now like this guy's breaking into my apartment. She has to be some sort of martial artist because she beats the shit out of Joe. Ties him up, knocks him out, all sorts of things. This scene was insane to me. This scene was absolutely like, why is this in here? It was nuts. It was like crazy too because she was like, I am the head of a rape advocacy group. And so you'd think she would keep him tied up and call the police like immediately while he is knocked out. And she doesn't do that. He starts talking to her like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, I just met this girl on Craigslist. She has like a rape fantasy thing. And the girl ends up admitting that she doesn't want to call the police because she's house sitting for rich people, this house. Um, and, and she just lets him go. And usually I don't believe Joe when he will be like, she wants to fuck me so bad, which he always does. But I can tell that this girl actually does want to fuck him because Joe, Joe isn't saying that she wants to fuck him she's just like doing things that yeah which is she tries to like yeah she like like kind of like keeps her door open while she's changing she tries to get his number and give him hers like this girl's doing the most so he like politely declines because like love exists and he doesn't want to fuck anybody else ever again now yeah um Yeah, but now Joe goes back to his apartment and Delilah is waiting for him when he gets back. And Delilah changed her tune a little bit, but in a different direction. She uh, has been talking to other people in the building, namely Joe's drug dealer, and is like, hey, buddy, I know you got a pill problem. Let's play shoots and ladders. So now they're going to play shoots and ladders. Yeah, he he tries to curve her really hard by being like, I'm sorry, I took the pills for this woman I'm seeing whose mom has cancer and Delilah just is not really picking up on any of it. But he swerves her somehow uh, because when Delilah leaves her his apartment, Love comes and picks him up and they are headed off to Malibu. And Joe's starting to think, you know what? It was actually, it was really good I got rid of all those people. You know, yeah, it was, it was really like, great. 
he's like, this was such a good idea. And now what? Now I deserve a vacation. I deserve to go on a vacation with this girl I just met a day ago's entire family yeah. um, and have a bunch of fun. So they go to the family property there and it is bonkers. It is like multiple buildings. It's huge. Love gives Joe a hand job in the driveway for some reason, even though there's like people just milling about in like the lawn and shit. Near the tennis um, courts. Yeah, near the tennis courts. Whoa, whoa. That's money. Awooga. Getting blowy near a tennis court. Um, Not blowy. No head. Love and 40 would have gotten ruined by that vulture Nepo baby article, I swear to God. Oh, 100%. And Love is stressed because the movie producer Barry Stein will definitely be there at this party where they're going to all watch True Detective because 40 is in an episode. And Love is like, 40's movies suck. They're just so bad. And I wish that 40 would get it because he doesn't. Yeah. His movies, his writing's terrible. Yeah. And 40's like, I know I got cut from Drew Detective. So while they're watching that episode um, and they're going to learn that, let's go to Taco Bell, Joe. Uh, so they end up going to Taco Bell and that sounds so they, good start right talking, now. they start talking. They start about like since reading this book, I want Taco Bell so bad. I know. Like, I've been so just being Taco like, Bell in this book. I would love a Crunchwrap Supreme right now. Do you think she got but- sponsored? them i hope so i don't think so but i hope so i hope so too um but anyway so now they're talking shop and joe turns out has some like really good ideas to punch up 40's script and then he ends up even like like helping him pitch like another idea so like they're kind of becoming writing buddies right now yeah joe does a very bare bones idea based on his life that's like and there's a cage not me but they put the girls in the cage and of course i wouldn't do it but the girls are in the cage and they get murdered again yeah a friend of mine so they become yeah. partners in crime uh, because 40 throws $10,000 at him to be like, you're going to be like my little hamster in a cage and you're going to write. You're going to write all yeah. the time. And, and so Joe decides to stay for the summer. It's his summer of love. And it's been two weeks at this point. Um, there's like tennis time periodically throughout the week. And Joe he hates, hates it because he's bad at tennis. Oh, uh, I was so Joe Because Maggie and I are both very good at tennis. So... I was so jealous he got tennis time. You know how babies get tummy time? He gets tennis time. I want tennis time. I hated that. And he also learns that Milo and Love, they had a thing where Love kind of lost her virginity to him, but Love reassures Joe that it is over. There's no need to worry about Mr. Milo. Yeah, they do exchange I love you. So things are moving quickly. Uh, But uh, Joe also starts to notice that there's just like, uh, obviously, like there's a twin thing between love and 40. But he notices that like love tends to drop everything for 40. Like there's a night where there's she's supposed to be getting like a charity award. And then she ends up missing it because like 40's on some vendor and being needy. So Joe kind of hates that. So he ends up setting up uh, 40 with this girl, Monica, who's like a surf instructor um in Malibu yeah and Monica and 40 are getting along well they start dating summer's going great um until it's ruined by Milo casting love in a feature which we come to know as boots and puppies and Joe at this point is realizing oh I've seen love googling boots and puppies nonstop because I thought she wanted to buy them but no it's a movie about a romance between Milo and love and it's no no good news yeah, and to add r- real salt to this wound, Joe has sun poisoning while this entire bomb is being dropped. So not only is he becoming more and more insecure about Milo, he is very, very sick. 
And to remind us that there's still a first book, we find out that Dr. Nikki from the first book is out there looking for Joe because there's a group of people trying to protest that Dr. Nikki is innocent. So Joe's got a lot going on right now in his life. Yep, they, um, they're they narrowing it down pretty fast because Dr. Nikki's like, Beck was complaining about a guy stalking her and he thinks it ended up being the patient who was called Danny Fox and um, that's Joe. So Joe's trying to do out of sight, out of mind. Next day, they are going yeah. to a Henderson tribute show. Joe just keeps getting reminded that he kills people. I don't know how he does it, but they're at this tribute show for this guy that he killed. Um, and Love is ignoring Joe in the car. She is talking yeah. to about this it's movie. Tense. Very, very tense. And when they get to the theater, she's like, Joe, I need to talk to you after the show. And we always know... We need to talk is code for, you know, going to be dumped. So he's flipping the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. And then we also learned from Monica that she was invited to the set of Boots and Puppies. And she was like so excited to tell Joe because she assumed Joe was invited, but Joe wasn't invited. So Joe starts spiraling at this memorial. He ends up like leaving. He texts love that he's not feeling well. He ends up going to birds afterwards and finding Delilah and then just immediately having sex with her. Um, and then he immediately hates Delilah off. again. Oh, sorry, what? I said he finally gets sucked off. Right? And then he uh, also re- is reminded how much he hates Delilah because Delilah's so like, what's love's mansion like? And he's like, God, I hate you. Um, yeah, but a lot of questions. Yeah, but then Delilah's going to the bathroom because you have to do that after you have sex. Yeah. And she finds Joe's bag of Henderson murder tools. Um, so it's, it's no bye-bye Delilah time. Bye-bye Delilah time. He gets her in the bathtub. He puts some tape on her mouth. And he kills her by bashing her head against the wall. Pretty sad. He's got to get her body out of there. Puts her in this duffel bag. And he goes out, he just takes the liberties on himself to go on Love's Dad's expensive boat. I looked it up. It is $500,000. Oh, shit. Yeah, crazy. He dumps the body somehow in the middle of the Pacific. That's near California. Yep. Good job. And Love sees him as he's getting back from taking this little joyride on the family boat And Love is pissed at him. And Love's like, dude, you've been acting so weird ever since I got cast in this movie. And then this is when Joe realizes that he's been creating narratives in his head and he has been overreacting. And a lot of the problems that are going on are because he is initiating them. So Love's really mad, but he ends up really apologizing. They make up. Uh, And then in the meantime, they also find out that Forty and Monica have broken up. And Love's like, of course you're coming to set with me. We're basically, like, dating. Um, So I didn't think I had to tell you. I thought it was just a given. So anyway, Joe's going to set now. That's a whole thing. So Joe's going to go into the set of Boots and Puppies. Joe is going to the set of in Palm Springs of Boots and Puppies. Joe also is reading Milo's play. And it's, it's really just Milo and Love fucking. And there's also a fictional Joe in the picture, but he's not really in the picture. Um, So Joe is like, you know what? I just need to get over this. And by getting over this, I'm just going to get really fit. I'm going to run a ton. The healthiest coping mechanism Joe has ever decided to channel his jealousy into just working out. Which he does. He gets super fit. And Milo's like, you're taking the new scenery. Like, oh, the new scene really well that I wrote in. And Joe is like, I don't, I don't know what the new scene is. 
And it's love blowing Milo. And he's like, hell no, that's my blowjob. Yeah. And it's like, and it's not even like a, like a simulated blowjob. It sounds like it's supposed to be like an actual blowjob so that they can get into film festivals. Cause it's going to be like raw and real and edgy. So Joe's real pissed. And he goes, you know what? Gotta kill Milo now. Sorry, everybody. Mm-hmm. And he ends up convincing Milo to go on like a night run with him. But uh, the night that he's about to do that, Love comes like into his room wearing practically nothing and basically interrupts the murder plan by basically like telling Joe the truth that, you know, she did hook up with Milo the day that they met. And that's why Milo's kind of obsessed with her. And she really wishes he knew that there was like nothing between them. Uh, and then Love ends up blowing Joe. And then Joe sees Milo just who's like heard everything and is now watching him get blown. So Joe wins. Joe doesn't have to kill anyone. And the next day, Forty texts Joe. Um, and also Love has backed out of the blowjob scene with Milo. Forty texts Joe and he's like, buddy, I got some news for you. You better go to the Ritz Hotel, ask for the penthouse. And Joe goes to the Ritz. He goes up to C40 and he says the girl who produced her and American Hustle, the movies, is looking to pick up the movies that Forty and Joe made, which is awesome. Yeah, so super exciting. Um, And then immediately after this, um, the officer that stole Joe's headphones earlier in the movie uh, sorry, book shows up and he's saying like, oh, there's a bunch of robberies in like the neighborhood. So just like checking on things, make sure you lock up set type. I know there's like a lot of valuable equipment, but Joe's nervous because he senses something's off. So he ends up going to talk to this officer directly. Uh, his name is Officer Fincher. And then Officer Fincher is not fucking around. He's like, hey, I know Delilah is dead and I know you were friends with her. Tell me about that. So now Joe thinks that this guy's on to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so he now is going to kill Officer Fincher so he doesn't find out more about Delilah. He hacks, He hatches a plan. He's going to lure this guard out to Mexico because they are going to Cabo where Love's parents are going to be celebrating the movie premiere of Boots and Puppies with everyone on. And he, he gets the guard to go out there by uh, taking on the pretense that he is Megan Fox. That Joe is Megan Fox emailing the security guard. Like, Megan Fox need a security guard. And Fincher is in immediately. He's like, absolutely, I agree. Yeah, Fincher is unfortunately not smart. Um, so while they're doing their, like, after, you know, shooting rap party type thing, they're on this boat. We meet Captain Dave, who's, like, very, very into the boat. And Joe's like, great, once I murder this guy, I'm going to use Captain Dave's boat. Bada bing, bada boom. Mm-hmm. He ends up also hatching a plan that requires him to get the keys to Axel Rose's vacation house that's up for sale. Yeah. Um, and it's very elaborate. I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, this is too much at this point. <laughs> it was pretty crazy because Axel Rose's place has a soundproof um, little thingy in the basement. So he is like, oh, perfect. I will get that. So he does manage to get the keys to Axel Rose's house by calling a ton of realtor places, but he does not manage to get the boat to sail out and dump Fincher's body, which is really shitty. It really sucks. But he does go set up stuff at Yeah, Axel's Captain Dave is like, no. So there's a tripwire yeah, so- to the basement mm-hmm. of Axel's, and um, the plan is that Fincher will go downstairs, pass out, at falling down the stairs and then put him in the soundproof um little barrier thing 
crazy. Yeah, and so Joe hasn't really figured out how he's going to dispose of Fincher, or how he's really going to kill him, because Boat was a big, big thing here. But Fincher wakes up, and Joe has found, like, a little journal uh, from Fincher talking about, like, each and every time he's had a run-in with a celebrity and then Joe starts bullying him for like all of these interactions. And I was like, Fincher does suck. But for some reason, this felt like too mean to me. It felt like like, like reading his diary and bullying him for it. I mean, honestly, if I moved to LA, I would be this kind of person probably because I'm obsessed with celebrities. And why the fuck wouldn't yeah. I write it down in my journal being like, oh my God, I saw it. Um, you know, Tom Sandoval fall, down, fall off a cliff. Yeah, exactly. So, like, poor Officer Fincher, he just wanted to work for Megan Fox, and he just wanted to, he just wanted to be liked, but he ends up getting so angry at Joe reading off of these little blurbs that he's written that he just, like, rams his head into the glass wall and kills himself, so. Oops. Rest in peace. Wonder what my secret would be if Joe confronted me in, like, my final hour. It'd probably be, like, something like I picked my nose. I feel like that would be would it. You, would, you, would, would you kill yourself over that? Oh, no. I, I wouldn't care. I'd be, I'd be like, yeah, you can tell the people. If you would ask me. Yeah, I'd be like, that's pretty normal, Joe. What are you on? At nine years old, I would have been sleeping with my parents. I was really stressed about that news getting out to third grade. You, really you couldn't have waterboarded that info out of me. Damn. Do you have a I secret? I don't think I have any good secrets. I don't Ooh. know. Secret, 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 secret. Secret. Yeah, I don't have anything good right now. Pick your toenails. Pick your nose. Do you? Do you? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'll think on it. Okay, okay. So Henderson has killed himself. Joe is digging a hole in the back and putting his body in there and planting in the Zen garden. Zen garden. He um unroots a like cactus from the front yard and plants it on top of Fincher's body, and. They're going home from Mexico. Joe's gotten away with it again. What can he say? And Love is insisting that Joe moves in with her. Yeah. Yeah. They're, so they're having a good time. They're fucking in the pool. But then Forty comes through and jumps in the pool. And Joe's pissed because Forty's interrupting their pool time. Yeah. Um, and then big, big bomb here. Forty says... His scripts are getting picked up. And Joe's like waiting for him to be like, our scripts. No, no, no. Forty's taken credit for the all of the work that they've been doing because they were meeting twice a week to talk about this. Uh, and so now Joe is real, real pissed. Yep. There's a deadline article. There's no mention of Joe's name, which really sucks. He texts Forty that they need to talk, but Forty's on a four-day bender. And love is starting to get kind of short with Joe. And finally, 40 texts Joe back that he will get lunch with him. And Joe's like, okay, you know what? Love, I don't know where 40 is, but I'm going to go look for him. Knowingly going baffling, to get lunch. Baffling to me that Joe this entire time refuses to tell love like the absolute truth of like, hey, I worked on those scripts with 40. Like, why doesn't he just do that? I that would don't solve know. all of his problems. I was also wondering that. Like, it, it'd be so easy. And she would definitely take your side because she'd probably be like, oh, I knew he was going to do that. I mean, would she yeah, throw back like, over it and do something? Probably Joe, not. there is strength in numbers. So they go to this diner and 40 is coked out, cracked out, whatever, whatever you want to call it. He's messed up. But Forty is mad at Joe for not congratulating him on his script deal. Uh, and Forty's just being like 
the worst human because he cannot see why Joe would be upset at all. Cordy's really mad that he's not being a supportive friend. And in this moment, Joe decides that he must kill Forty because Forty is a nuisance both uh, to him and to Love's family at all times. Yeah, pretty wild of him to be like, I mean, you just edited Joe and and wrote it, but it was my idea yeah. initially. So Forty's like, I'm going to Vegas. Do you want to come? And Joe's like, nah. But he tells Love he thinks Forty is in Vegas. So he is still playing the card like he doesn't know where Forty is in case he kills him. He goes to Vegas, he tracks him down at the Bellagio, um, where Forty is, you know, predictably being a drunk nuisance, and texts him from a burner phone as if he is a coke dealer. So Forty shows up, sees Joe, he's like, oh, hello, my little coke dealer buddy. And they hang out, and Joe is like, Forty, you know what, what if you booked a room at a clown hotel? Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, this was, like, Joe's, like, murder plan. Like, he was going to do it, like, by the graveyard at the clown motel, but then they end up going to Alchemy Springs instead. And Joe is feeding Forty this Percocet water, and Forty's still splashing around. Forty is unaffected by the (laughs) sheer amount of drugs in his system. Forty has Um, so much cocaine in his system that he's, like... It's like that gif of that kid in the club with the sunglasses and the windbreaker on. Yeah. That's why I imagine Forty. But while this is all going down and like Joe's essentially waiting for 40 to die, he finds out that Peach's case has been reopened, not as a suicide now as a murder. And in his just kind of stress that 40 isn't dying, this case has been reopening, his piss mug still exists. He decides to drown 40. Yep. He calls 40 over, drowns him in the hot spring, which really sucks. Does a little bump of Coke afterwards to celebrate because Joe's a loose cannon (laughs) <laughs> and he is <laughs> he is off to Little Compton, Rhode Island, to retrieve the piss jar. And my favorite thing here is that he calls Love and is like, hey, babe, still looking at Vegas. Not here. I'll keep looking, though. And he's, like, in line to get on his flight. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes to Little Compton. He susses out to the Salinger's house, which seems impossible to get in. And he tries so many methods. He tries delivering food, no dice. He tries hitting on a Salinger's friend at the bar, hoping maybe she was staying at the house. No dice. She's not. And he's like, what am I going to do? And then there's a knock on the door of the hotel he's staying at, and it's love. And she's not happy. What would you have done in this moment? Would you have lied to her, or would you have told her the truth? Uh, So in this situation, am I Joe, and I've done everything that I've done? Yeah, you're Joe. I feel like if I was as delusional as Joe, I would tell her the truth. But I'm also thinking if it was me and I didn't want to get caught with any of this, I would just, I would just say I was cheating and move on with my life. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking I would have lied and tried to make up a excuse to why I was in Rhode Island. Yeah. But Joe, he tells her the truth. He tells her that he killed Beck. He killed Peach. He killed Officer Fincher. He killed uh, other people. I'm Henderson. Uh, so, uh, oh, and he framed Dr. Nikki. Like, he tells her the truth. He does not tell anything about 40, though. She can't know that he killed uh, her brother. But he's like, the truth will set me free. And love is okay with it. Love is okay with it, which is crazy. I also think that if it came out that 40 was murdered, Love would, like, again, I would have lied because Love would have easily put together that he probably killed 40. Right. She is fine with it. She's like, you know what? 40 killed a puppy as a kid. 
and and I'm just supposed to love you as you are. Girl has no standards. No, no standards. None. And then Absolutely she locks none. him in the bathroom after telling him she is pregnant. Yeah. And Joe has a meltdown because he's like, oh my God, that was just a front. She's going to call the cops on me. I'm going to, I'm going to go to jail. This is the worst thing. Is she actually pregnant? And then he is, he basically injures himself trying to bust out of this bathroom. And then he hears love come back. The door to the bathroom unlocks and he opens it and love's like, oh, are you, are you okay? And Joe's like, no, like what's going on? And she pulls out from her pocket or her purse the piss mug and the piss mug at this point is like old like it's like blue which is nasty but love said that she went in there acting like peach's gay lover um how okay wait pause how did she get this piss mug without spilling (laughs) i don't know how did she transport it because like i never imagined there was a top to it it's got to just be leaking. And also, oh, God, it probably smells so bad. It's- right? Like, why would she just dump it? Like, oh, my God. Also, how would they not find the piss mug? Like, we babysat cats once for two weeks, and I could still smell the litter box, like, where they peed in the closet. How could you not smell human piss for, like, seven months? Yeah, I don't know. Get it together. But she does get it out of there after pretending to be Peach's gay lover, saying Peach was murdered by Beck. And the Salingers also drop the murder search because they don't want gay drama. They don't want to be LGBTQ community. They said, no, no, we are not allies. Yeah. They're like, RuPaul, never heard of her. So um, Love's dad calls at this opportune moment and also drops a huge bomb that Forty is actually alive. So we're going back to Reno, baby. And everyone's just kind of gushing about how, like, great, Forty's still alive. This is awesome. They're in the hospital. And then somehow, someway, Joe gets left alone with Forty. Uh, and Forty is pissed. He's like, no, no, no. I'm not going to go to the cops, but you're going to be my little doggy. And you're going to write all of my scripts. And you're going to get me an Oscar because you tried to kill me. And this is going to be our dirty little secret. And I own you now. So, like, Forty's a great villain. I'll say it. <laughs> Forty is a really great villain because he can't kill him now. Love's just going to be sus now that she knows everything. Yeah. So Love is crying to Joe about Forty being an addict and how it stresses her parents out. And she's like, I just don't know when it's going to end. And then they just start living life. We get a lot of yeah. montages. Yeah, we get a lot of montages. Joe starts doing like a like a book of the month at the pantry. Uh, and it, it's like he's kind of having a nice life. He hangs with Calvin. He sees 40 twice a week at the Taco Bell. But then things change. Because 40 gets hit by a car and dies. <laughs> Which is like, God, does Joe even deserve that kind of karma? Right? But That's- Joe thinks he does. <laughs> He really does. He's like, wow, God is in my favor again because I haven't killed someone in probably a month. So they have a funeral for 40 where a lot of industry shows up and Joe gives a stellar eulogy and everyone in Hollywood loves him. And Barry Stein is like, we got to have a meeting. And God, I wish it was that easy. I just wish I knew someone high class in Hollywood to die so I could be like, now's my time to shine. Let's go. Let me give you the eulogy of a lifetime. 
Um, but after this, life goes on again, and Joe's just like really happy. Things are turning around. And one day on the beach by the house, he sees a little dog that's like whimpering. And he's like, okay, I'll go get us a dog. Love loves puppies. And he starts chasing this dog. Then he finds the dog's owner, and it's Amy Adams, his ex-girlfriend. <gasps> He jumps her. He's so upset. He's like, I loved you and you didn't love him. And she's like, honestly, could we have a moment? Honestly, in all honesty, you are just so lonely and depressed because she's kind of getting the vibe that he's already going to try to kill her. So she's like, why not? And he is choking her, but he doesn't go to kill her at the last minute because he's like, you know what? I have love now. And then he has a baby coming. he, He lets her go. Um, and so life goes on again. Now love is at the Taco Bell with with um, with Joe and they're having a good time. Joe goes over to the bathroom and then uh, he washes his hands. He comes out of the bathroom. Taco Bell empty. No one's in there. And he goes, oh, no, something bad has happened. Um, and long story short, Joe gets arrested at the Taco Bell. Joe gets arrested at the Taco Bell for Beck and Peach's murder. What a great campaign for Taco Bell. It seems the officer from Rhode Island tracked Mr. Mooney through the license on the car when it crashed in book one in Little Compton, and he found Joe through a BuzzFeed article through Facebook, and then he asked Dr. Nikki about him, and he said, yep, that's the patient. Which, Mm. you know, honestly, good for that officer. That's like me tracking down an ex doing something mundane and and nowadays, so he did it. Woohoo! Yeah. Yeah, and then, like, the last 30 pages of this book are, like, various different, like, you know, questions that he's being asked and him his kind of life in jail. Uh, but he thinks that, like, he won't be convicted because he's got, like, love on his side. So, like, love will basically hire him a lawyer team to, like, get him out of it. And that's where the book ends. It kind of has a flat ending, which is weird. It doesn't really yeah. end on a banger or anything like that. It's just, like, maybe he's going to get out. Yeah, that's maybe. Maybe it. not. Who knows? I don't, personally. That- I don't. So personally, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if he's um, up. Let's talk about our canceled character, Meg. Okay. Um, I put canceled character of the week. I had two. I'm not sure which one. You know, you got to go with Officer Fincher because fuck cops. That was the yeah. only the only time Joe was um correct. Or mm-hmm. forty. Hate that bitch. I put I put forty because I feel like stealing ideas is something that I hate so much. <laughs> Stealing credit for ideas yeah. is so bad. So that's why I put 40. I think 40 is probably the canceled character for sure. Perfect. Nailed it. Then yeah. let's wrap up with our top five. Uh, so as we know, in this book, Joe became a very avid screenwriter and was really successful at it, but he used his real life experiences to pull his inspiration from. So Megan, I thought, Hey, We've learned a lot about Joe these past two books. Here is our top five other things from Joe's life that he should turn into a movie. Yes, absolutely. Who wants to start? You or me? You start. Okay. Coming in at number five, something that Joe could use to write a script about. Maybe we should go back to our roots and talk about the Charles Dickens Fest. And maybe it's got like some A24 vibes. I was writing maybe Kyle Chandler, William Dafoe. It could be like The Lighthouse. Maybe it's in black and white. Ooh. But we're going number to the four, first. Who knows? Maybe number four. Uh, number four, what if Joe went to Vegas with 40 and just it was a musical and it was a blast. It wasn't about trying to murder him. That could be fun. Put a little yeah. twist on it. Make it a little happy twist. Maybe it's a jukebox musical and so he's doing songs from like a bunch of random artists. 
They can have a lot of like glittery outfits too. It's Vegas. Yeah. You know? Stupid. Cute. Number three, uh, we were thinking it's it's boots and puppies. I almost said pussy. But it's but it's different than the boots boots and puppies in the book. It could maybe be a slasher, but also maybe modern day confessions of a shopaholic. Or it's basically, okay, picture this. It's Air Buddies meets oh. Confessions of a Shopaholic. Oh, that would be really fun. Like, imagine all of them and they're in, like, Christian Dior. Yeah, but they're, they're like, puppies. I gotta go buy my, I gotta go buy myself a little puppy stiletto or something like that. Yeah, I think that's great. Uh, number two, since the piss mug was such a, a plot point that Maggie and I loved from the first book, we were so glad to see it back. What yeah. if there is something with the piss mug as a central plot point? It was like a noir. Maybe the piss mug could be the MacGuffin. Who knows? I think that's great. And number one, a fact that is maybe my favorite of this book, besides the fact that Joe has 29 typewriters, um, maybe a movie that he fictionally died in September 11th. Maybe it's kind of like an Agatha Christie. Those are really popular right now. That's like, who killed him? Which one? Yeah. Was it yeah, a natural maybe it's death? His life at the bookstore having pro- prospectively died at 9-11. We don't know. Was it a plane? Plane? Was it a train? Was it an automobile? Damn. Any, any of them. Could be any could of have them. Been, could have been any of them. Um, hell yeah, Meg, we did it. Hell yeah. And, you know, if if you are looking to hang out with us more, you can follow us on TikTok and Twitter at Yeah, We Read It. Um, the day after this comes out is part two of season four of you. So Why do you, you catch up? You can listen to this on Wednesday and then on Thursday, pop off and DM us about your things because I, I Yeah, we'd love I'm to hear your it. thoughts. We you can also email us your thoughts uh, at Maggie and Laura present at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at Maggie underscore and underscore Laura. That's where we update all of the things we're doing. Um, but that's been it for this episode. We did it. We did it. And we will see you next time for a okay. wild ride. Wild ride. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>